This is Fuel for Warriors, episode 24. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A relentless mindset. We think of 300, you think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Let's welcome today's guest, Bonnie Jill Laughlin. To me, it always has to do with uh, our men and women in uniform defending our freedom and our country. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lost Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. Each and every week, I bring on an athlete, a military veteran, or anybody else that resonates with the idea of being a warrior. And this week, I have a unique perspective to the warrior ethos. I have on Bonnie Jill Laughlin. She has been an NBA talent scout. She's been a cheerleader. She currently anchors for Fox. She has a huge affinity for veterans. And she's just been around these industries and these spaces so much that her perspective on what it means to be a warrior is very unique. We're going to talk to her a lot about the challenges of being a female inside the sports industry, uh, as well as a few other items of how she's connected to the military and the challenges and inspirations in her life. So I'm going to let Carl Churchill, the founder of Lock and Load Java, say a few words, and then we'll go on with our interview. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, welcome to another episode of Fuel for Warriors. This week's special guest, Bonnie Jill Laughlin. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Tim. Bonnie, we start each and every episode with talking to our guests about what it means to be a warrior. And as someone who has been in the, I know you were a cheerleader. Have you, did you did you do sports? Let's start there. Did you do sports growing up, or were you always um, on the sideline doing commentating, scouting, cheerleading, etc.? Um, no, I actually, when I was, you know, like probably, gosh, I started playing softball at age six or seven and then um, was playing basketball and tennis and track and uh, so I did a uh, I was a pretty big tomboy growing up actually okay and then um, I know you have a large affinity for uh, our veterans and, and those that serve in our military so your your experience in in athletics and in sports and then um, you know what you've observed with uh, you know with the military I think prepares you for this question what what does it mean to be a warrior? I mean, it's funny because a lot of people use warrior when they're talking about you know an NFL player, but to me, it's someone who is fighting for our country, a hero, someone who's uh, in combat, uh, in a war zone, and uh, I think sometimes that word warrior <laughs> tends to, for me, kind of, just like when they use the word hero, it's uh, to me, it always has to do with uh, 
our men and women in uniform defending our freedom in our country. Absolutely. What what gave you such an affinity for for the military? Did you grow up in a military household? Did you have friends that enlisted? Did you try to enlist at some point? No. Um, both my grandfathers served in World War II. Um, one of my grandfathers actually was awarded the Silver Star and the Purple Heart. He was in the uh, Bataan uh, Death March, if you're familiar with that. Uh, and then my uncle was a career Marine um, gunnery sergeant that served in Vietnam, and uh, my dad was, you know, law enforcement undercover narcotics. I've always been in the military and law enforcement family. Everyone in my uh, family is, so I just had a really big love and respect for the military. And I knew once I got to be a certain age, I wanted to do as much as I can to give back to our troops. And what um, what have you learned to be the the best saying the best way to support our troops isn't exactly but you know through any efforts any advocacy that you've done what have you felt is the most effective I guess way of showing uh, support for our military I mean there's so many ways but I think you know the guys really appreciate just the small things you know sending a care package I work with Operation Gratitude and we send care packages over to the troops, um, not just during Christmas, but all year round and little things like that. You know, I've done 18 USO tours and uh, when I've connected with a lot of the men and women over there, I've continued, you know, relationship, um, emailing, sending them uh, care packages. And you wouldn't imagine, Tim, how, you know, that goes a long way just to for them to feel that they are not forgotten and that people remember them and uh, it, they, they really appreciate it. You're also a big uh, animal activist. Yes. And this is something I've never uh, – I know that's a, that's a quick jump from military to, <laughs> to animals, but I didn't know of any other better segue there. Uh, but I, I've never really got a chance to uh, – I had the people – I had one of the guys from Vetpaw on the show recently. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Oh, they help. They're great. They're amazing. They're the ones that yeah. can, um, stop the poaching. Yeah, exactly. So Ryan Tate was on uh, was on talking about their efforts, but I think more locally, uh, I haven't really got a chance. What do you, what does it mean to really be an animal activist, other than trying to stop people from you know killing animals for wrong reasons or wearing fur? Like what what uh, what have you done um, that has made you resonate with being an activist? Oh gosh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the military and animals is like my whole like life and sports. Those are the three things that kind of encompass me. So, you know, being an activist is basically being a voice for the voiceless and, you know, animals don't have a voice. So I'm always doing as much as I can. I mean, I go to Capitol Hill um, many times to speak on veteran issues and animal issues and uh, helping. Uh, I actually just adopted a, a puppy the other day from China that was going to be slaughtered for the dog meat trade. I've rescued tons and tons of dogs, cats, horses. Um, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat, um, you know, animals. And I, I mean, it goes on and on and on, helping with the greyhounds, uh, uh, making sure people don't try to educate people on, you know, the fur and not, you know, using cosmetics that are tested on animals. Uh, I'm going to Taiji in Japan to help with the uh, people to be aware of what happens with the dolphin slaughter. So it kind of goes on and on and on, Tim. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I, I adopt, or I, we, 
I ta- help take care of a puppy. That's about as much as I do. But well, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least you like animals. I do. I do love animals. It's true. Um, you, you're the. Uh, let me see. Let me sure I read this right. Um, first and only female scout in the NBA. Yes, I was with the Lakers for ten years, and I was a scout and had a good run with them, five championship rings, and uh, I was able yeah. to uh, be there during the really good times. That is a narrative that doesn't get spoken about enough in athletics and sports are um, are the significant roles that females have played in, the, in these franchises, especially in the front office and inside the organization. Um, at least that's how it feels from my perspective. Did you? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's uh, it's a different. You know, anytime you're a female in a man's world, it's always a kind of a battle, Tim, because you're always kind of under scrutiny, under a microscope. A lot of uh, kind of hurdles to jump over each day because you're kind of looked upon as, oh, you're a woman. Can you do this job correctly? Can you do it as well as a man? So there is a, a lot of things that go along with uh, working in sports as a woman. Yeah. Do you, I mean, can, can you brag any here? Like, who did you help scout? Do you, did you, uh, did you help scout anybody that, that we'd recognize? I mean, I, I'm not a big Lakers fan. So I, I mean, outside of like Kobe and Shaq and some of the bigger names, I probably wouldn't know many of them, but uh, you know, who did you help assist the Lakers in, the, in recruiting? Anybody? Well, unfortunately, um, I wish I was scouting with them now because, you know, when I was there, we always had a really <laughs> low draft pick or a, a pick that yeah. may not even make the team. But uh, one of the guys that I scouted um, throughout the, his whole season, his senior year, is uh, Jordan Farmar um, from UCLA that ended up, we ended up drafting and ended up making our team and then starting starting point guard and backup point guard for us. So uh, that was the one guy that I had. How the equality, the gender equality in sports is something that I try to follow very closely because I think that um, I, I think we're getting to a point where it's sort of ridiculous that it's not there yet. And I'd like to just hear your thoughts on like what, what? How did you convince? I mean, because you said you were there for ten years. Like how? Like what? How were you able to approve to the organization that you were qualified for this uh, for this position and that you were going to succeed in it? And then, even when you did start to succeed, were you? Was it still challenging to get the recognition for it, or once you were there, it was just pe- people accepted it? Yeah, I first started out uh, covering the Lakers for the local affiliate here for CBS, doing their pre and post game shows. And what happened was, Tim, is that they were they knew that I knew basketball. Um, the late owner, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, knew that I knew basketball. He knew I knew the triangle offense. Not too many girls can break down the triangle offense, and so he knew that you know why don't we try something different? Because Jerry was always thinking of outside the box. So they wanted to try out um, a female, so they gave me a shot at it. And they sent me out on some college trips, and they really liked my scouting reports. And then from there, signed me to a five-year deal. That's very cool. What um, is it? Did that become any more challenging, maybe not even just with that job, but with any job that you've had that wasn't, 
uh, you know, modeling or cheerleading or something. When you're, I mean, it's amazing how the world has no shortage of demand for for attractive females. I it blows my mind that every attractive female can can could succeed uh, in modeling or, or likewise. And it seems like the world just we're willing to we we want the more the merrier. But have you found challenges in then trying to do jobs like this that obviously don't require looks or any sort of fitness and get and having people accept that you are uh, that you have done those jobs in the past, but are also ready to use like your brain and your intellect to to put forth for an organization. Is there is there another hurdle there that maybe outsiders don't see? Oh, definitely. If anything, my looks have been a, uh, actually been a hinder to me um, because isn't that amazing to say that? Yeah, I know. Like, and I know if I, by saying that people are going to say, "Oh gosh, you know, poor Bonnie Jill." But to be honest, I it's very <laughs> it's funny, Tim, that, that you you know, the more attractive you are, the harder it is um, for the path that I'm trying to go down. So, um, yeah, modeling this and that. Yeah, like you said, you know, especially with social media, there's a ton of pretty girls out there, this and that. But to me, I don't really care about your looks. It's all about the substance, having a brain, you know, uh, knowledge, credibility, integrity, you know. So all those kind of things are more important to me. But unfortunately, you know, if you're attractive, they don't see that at first. <laughs> so it's really kind of yeah. knock down those walls and let people know like the real you and say, oh, okay, um, not to be cliche, but she's more than a pretty face. So, yeah, I, I've talked with uh, a friend of mine, Shannon Erke. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's a Marine veteran uh, and has hit the cover of Maxim. And, and we've talked, you know, in depth about that as well as, you know, trying to, uh, you know, how she almost how, trying to not uh, allow people to dismiss her for other possibilities just because she's clearly fit perfectly for a model position. Right. And, and when applying for positions that, and I don't know, maybe you've, maybe you've had an experience like this, applying for, for something where a model is also like in, in the organization and having people trying to steer you towards the jobs that are more based on your looks. Um, I think it's kind of just, you know, for me, it's like, I've always been very driven on, you know, what I want to do. And, um, sure. I feel like Tim, the, you know, the thing that happens is they think, okay, for example, like, you know, you're a scout and you're doing this, but you can't, um, you know, let's say, uh, pose in the fitness magazine or whatever. It's like, there's a lot of people now that are able to see like Erin Andrews, like, you know, she's a silent reporter, but then she's also been in all the magazines and dancing with the stars and, been yeah. able to balance both. And so, you know, there, um, you should be able to embrace being a female. And, you know, if you are attractive, be able to be able to embrace that, but also be able to show, yeah, you know, I have a, a good head on my shoulders and I do know the game. So, uh, but that's still really, a, a tough battle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know I didn't prime for anybody who's, listening, I didn't prime her for any of these questions. Cause I didn't, I saw your resume. I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to want to go with this. Um, and, uh, I think I just find I find with with gender equality being still such a such a, a difficult topic to get people to wrap their heads around on that we're not there yet. Um, I'm just always interested on experiences from that, you know, from the past and, you know, what's actually occurring right now. And I think that we we still sort of like in the same sense of racism just sort of refuse to acknowledge that it's still a problem. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Especially, you know, in a, 
you know, professions that are primarily men. So yeah, it's not, absolutely not that accepted yet, <laughs> but it's come along. It's still come a long ways, but it's, uh, still, uh, more, uh, hills to climb. Yeah. What, so what, do you, what exactly are you doing right now? What, uh, when people ask, what do you do? What's, what's the primary answer? I'm actually reporting for Fox Sports. So I'm a reporter right now. That's what I got my degree in. That's what I started my career, um, in is, uh, after I was cheering, I uh, was working for ESPN and then working for CBS and then took those 10 years and worked for the Lakers. But now I'm, uh, back in front of the camera and, uh, reporting. Yeah. Very cool. And what, and do you think that you're just going to continue down this journalism path or are you going to try to get back into a sports organization and go back to, to, to those roots? Well, there's always, you know, time to get back to, you know, being on the front office position, but, you know, I always dream really big, Tim. So eventually my dream is to own a team, obviously not to be a majority owner because I don't have billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but one day I would love to be a dream just to be a minority owner of a, a team or help uh, run a team. So, uh, like I said, yeah. I like to dream big. <laughs> so, I mean, so, I mean, you've, you've worked for the Lakers, you're, uh, you know, a cheerleader for the 49ers and the Cowboys. I mean, who are, who are your favorite teams? Do you, do you tend to, uh, support the teams that you cheered and that you worked for, or do you still have other teams that are closer to your heart? No, I actually, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area in San Francisco, so um, I grew up with the the Warriors and the Niners and the Giants. I'm a fanatical um, baseball fan, so um, diehard Giants fan. <laughs> so I go to a lot of Giants games and Niners games, and then I am really close with the Jones family, who uh, owns the Cowboys, so I head to Texas a lot. Um, I actually still have a house in Dallas, so I head to those games as well. So the teams I cheered for, um, I still am very, very connected to those organizations and uh, still, uh, you know, cheer them on. Yeah. It's probably the wrong time to let you know that I'm from Seattle. Oh, uh, I am a diehard Seahawks So we can end the interview now, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's a pleasure talking to you, Bonnie. Um, but on the on the other side, I I lived in Northern California for a year and supported the Giants while I was there. Okay, um, got a chance to go to AT and T Park, which is beautiful. Yeah, isn't it the uh, best park? I mean, regardless if you're a Giants fan or not, I think it's the best park in, in Major League Baseball. At, at it has. I mean, it's just with the water behind it and everything. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It really is. And then I think I don't think there's a basketball fan that couldn't appreciate the run of the Warriors last year. Oh, definitely, and especially you, you know Steph Curry. I mean, he is such a class act. Um, he's a, yeah. just a great, great uh, human being. You know, besides being you know uh, such an outstanding basketball player, but yeah, it's just, it's nice to see this team that you know for 40 years you know they haven't won the championship and uh, they had such a great run and a good team and. Steve Kerr, rookie coach. I mean, it was a pretty nice little Cinderella story. Yeah, I mean, could if you're Steve Kerr, could you ask for a better team to start off with? I mean, you have the most unguardable player running point, and it's like, well, uh, this <laughs> this is just going to go well for me. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was unbelievable. He had a great coaching staff and great team, and you know, lucky um, not not too many injuries, you know, because that's always key, you know, with Bogut getting injured or you know, someone yeah. one of their big. So um, it was it was just a great season, and they're actually, you know, like you said, even if you're not a Warriors, let's say a Warriors fan, they're a fun team to watch. Absolutely. Very fun team to watch. Do you, uh, I'm just curious, do you play fantasy? I do. I play fantasy football. 
Did you? Who have you? I'm assuming you've done your drafts by now with the the, the season starting in two days. Well, it's so bad. I didn't. <laughs> I always play fantasy, but this season I had to take uh, one year off because I've just been so overwhelmed with everything, and so yeah, really bad. But this season I've played for five years straight, but this season I actually took off. <laughs> I applaud you for being able to have that discipline. I went into this season thinking I'm only playing in two leagues, and somehow I ended up on four. So. It's just hard sometimes to keep up with it, you know? And so I just. It is. Uh, but I love it, you know? Um, it's a great way, especially to get. I mean, there's so many more female fans now um, of the NFL because of fantasy football. So it's, uh, it's been good for the league. Yeah, absolutely. How. So let's um, let's start getting into uh, some of the wrap-up questions, and these are some of the most powerful questions that that we ask. What you know now that you're you know well into a very successful career and got plenty of things to look forward to, but we all know that challenges do not uh, slow down as success comes. In fact, they sometimes become more uh, prevalent. What are some challenges, either professionally or personally, that you think that you're facing right now, and what are you doing to better face them? Uh, I, mean, I guess I kind of answered that with uh, what I want to do in my career is continue in sports, and so like I said, that's always <laughs> enough, always a tough battle when you're a woman, and then uh, I really am focusing um, on my charity as well. I don't know if, if I got to mention that, but I have a nonprofit called Hounds and Heroes, and we rescue dogs from the shelter. We train them and then we pair them up with um, a veteran that needs it for PTSD, TBI, or uh, an amputee. And so those are basically my focuses right now is, you know, my charity work and uh, my career. And um, that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, good. And then, you know, this is Fuel for Warriors, Bonnie. This is all about what is fueling your warrior? What inspires you? What gets you up in the morning and makes you take on every each day? I mean, I think I kind of was, uh, I don't know, kind of instilled in me um, by my parents just to, you know, you only live once, you know, so make the best of it and uh, kind of go for your dreams. And kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, it sounds funny, but kind of conquer the world, you know, so each day you get up and uh, you try to make it better than the next. And when it comes to my charity work, you're kind of put on this earth to make a difference. So, you know, try to do that as much as you can. Absolutely. Bonnie, we are following you on Twitter at BJ Laughlin. And of course, uh, we're, we're watching you on, uh, on Fox when we can. I'm really excited to hear about which, uh, which team you end up owning. I'm assuming that you're going to I would, I would assume the Warriors would be uh, if, if you had a choice, um, but no, it's actually the Giants, and I actually already talked to Larry Bear, the owner. And the, uh... <laughs> oh, that's right. The, that's right. You said, that's right. I forgot you, you said the the, yeah. your, the the iHeart Giants fan. That's right. Right, and I'm really good friends with Bochi. Um, so I've talked to him and uh, and Larry Bear, the president, and they're like, "All right, Bonnie, you'll you know get your you know million, and then you'll come on board." So I just need my million, Tim. So we'll. Uh, once I get there, <laughs> I like that, and we—I—I I, I hope to hear about it when it when it happens. I want to see that tweet come through, right? Uh, of you sitting in the owner's box, That'll just uh, sitting back with a cocktail, living that life. Yeah, I'll come make sure to uh, break the news on your show. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna hold you to that. All right, Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining us. I know my I know my audience really appreciated and looking forward to everything you're doing for animals, veterans, sports, everything. Thank you so much, Tim. Have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FUELFORWARRIORS for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.